0: I want to uh, keep on our hearts uh, the loss of our dear friend Francis recently on this Resurrection Sunday as well as uh, our preacher Drew and his family as if I remember the details correctly he buried his mother yesterday in Texas and so we hold those who have died in our hearts even as we proclaim the day of the Lord's resurrection. Uh, Today's scripture passage for the sermon comes from the book of John. Chapter 20, the first 18 verses. John chapter 20, verses 1 through 18, if you want to open your Bibles. If not, uh, it's on the screen. And it reads like this Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, the sun had not yet risen, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. The stone that covered Jesus' body. And so she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, they've taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they've laid him. And then Peter and the other disciple set out and went toward the tomb. The two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. And he bent down to look in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he did not go in. And then Simon Peter came, he's a little slower than this other disciple, and following him and went into the tomb. He went in to the tomb. And he saw that the linen wrappings lying there and the cloth that had been on Jesus' head were not lying with the linen wrappings, but were rolled up in a place by itself. It was folded nicely, someone had made the bed. And then the other disciple who reached the tomb first also went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. But that other disciple believed. And then the disciples returned to their homes. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white, sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet. And they said to her, woman, why are you weeping? And she said to them, they've taken away my Lord, and I don't know where they've laid him. And when she'd said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there. But she did not know that it was Jesus. And then Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? And supposing him to be the gardener, Mary said to him, Sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've laid him, and I will take him away. And Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabbani, which means teacher. And Jesus said to her, Do not hold on to me because I've not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. And Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that that he had said these things to her. The word of God for the people of God. Last week, when we gathered here, last Sunday, as a church, Jesus was entering triumphantly into the city. You remember he was riding a donkey and walking in on a red carpet of palm leaves and coat covers, and he would uh, be greeted by the city with joy. But by the end of our day, by the end of our scripture reading, folks were angry with Jesus, and we're plotting to kill him. And just a couple of nights ago, on Friday night, many of us gathered here as well, as we read the account of Jesus being murdered, of Jesus being killed, of Jesus being executed by the state. And we rolled the stone over the tomb. And we left in silence as God had been killed. And yesterday, like the disciples in Jesus' own time, we, the body of Christ here in Federal Way, were scattered all over this region while Jesus lay in the tomb. But today, we gather to proclaim that though we, us humans, would kill God, And given the one chance to walk with God, that is exactly what we did. Even though we would do that, God would not stay in the grave. The Lord is risen, death is defeated, and life eternal is open to us all. It brought a big smile on my face to walk in today and see the light shining out of the tomb. Christ is risen. On Friday night, as I was here for the Good Friday service, I was moved by Jesus' death in a way I I hadn't been before, at least not in recent memory. Uh, And I was moved by the words of John, uh, telling us how Jesus died. Jesus, after a a mock trial, is hanging on a cross. Uh, His uh, throat is parched. He is bleeding out. He's having a hard time. Breathing, he is being mocked by his enemies. And at one point, Jesus says the words, It is finished. And then John tells us that Jesus bowed his head and gave up his spirit. That phrase, Jesus gave up his spirit, hit me in a way I don't know that I've been hit before. I've never settled on those words. And I've read that passage more times than I can count. Jesus gave up His Spirit. This world can kill your spirit, can it? Jesus came to bring abundant life to all. He came to heal the sick. He came to liberate the oppressed. He came to bring good news to the poor. And this message and this work was so threatening to his own people and so threatening to the most powerful empire of his day that they conspired together to kill him. It's finished, Jesus said. And he gave up his spirit, John tells us. What spirit killers are in your life today? What threatens to squelch the good news of the kingdom of God from showing up in your world? It might be your own people. It might be the empires of today. It might be your job. That place you go so you can care for yourself and your family which but but brings you no life. It might even be your family or your friends or your relationships who seem to take more life from you than they give. It might be the pursuit of money, the love of money, or the lack of money that is killing your spirit today. It might be politics, your own or someone else's or the state of the world. It might be sickness. Your body might be breaking down. You might not have control over what is happening In your world, these things might be killing your spirit. And on Friday night, as we sat in silence and in darkness, surrounded by the beautiful art created by our own community, I was reminded that if one of those things, if something in this world is killing your spirit, you're not alone. Jesus Christ has been there too. He's gotten to the place where he says, it's finished, I'm finished. He's gotten to the place where he bows his head and gives up his spirit. If you feel like saying, it's finished, I'm done, I want to give it all up, know that you're not alone. God is with you, even at the most uh, heartbreaking, painful the, most, the moments when we were most weak and feel most alone, know that God is with you. And that was Friday night. And then Sunday morning came. And before the sun is even in the sky, Mary Magdalene is there. This Mary, who in her own time and through the centuries has had all kinds of things said about her. She's there. And in the way that John tells us the story, she is there all alone, waiting, weeping, being with her Lord. And she is there, and she finds an empty tomb. At this point, she doesn't know why the tomb is empty but she knows that the one she came to be with is no longer where she left him. And so she runs, and she tells two disciples what she has seen. And then they run to the tomb to see for themselves Peter and the one whom Jesus loved, who many people think is John, the author of this gospel. And they get there, and they kind of hesitate, And finally, Peter walks in, and the other disciple walks in after Peter, and they see Jesus' grave clothes folded up and laid on the bed. And we're told that at least one of them believed, even though they didn't understand. They believed. But then, this interesting thing happens. John tells us this weird fact. They have now seen the empty tomb and believed but what do they do they go home the disciples go back home but mary remains she stays at the tomb and she is weeping because she thinks she's alone and that her lord has gone missing And Jesus is actually there with her this whole time. She just doesn't realize it. She thinks she's alone. That she's been abandoned by her Lord. She thinks Jesus is some gardener who's eavesdropping on the conversation. And so she continues to weep. Until Jesus says, Her name, Mary. And in that moment of intimacy, in that moment of personal knowledge, Mary's eyes are opened that her teacher is there, that her Lord has already been with her, even when she felt most alone. Other gospels tell us similar stories. We're told that there are some disciples who are walking home to a place called Emmaus and they actually walk with Jesus this whole journey and they don't recognize Him until the intimate setting of a home and a table and the breaking of bread. And as they share that meal, their eyes are opened and they recognize Jesus who has been with them already. Or we can think about Thomas, who has been, like Mary, maligned through the centuries. Who doesn't believe that Jesus is alive after he has been killed until he can touch his flesh and the wounds of his murder. And in the intimate moment of touching, a flesh-to-flesh contact, of a hug and a kiss, it's in that moment that Thomas believes and for mary it's not necessarily the breaking of bread and it's not necessarily the touch of hand to hand it's the warm familiarity the intimacy of hearing a voice say her name that she didn't think she would hear again mary jesus says and the lord has not stopped speaking uh, on that day That's not the last time that Jesus called the name of a friend or a follower. Jesus continues to reach out to us in intimate ways, in familiar ways, in everyday ways. He might be saying Mary, or Lonnie, or Evie, or Roger, or Kathleen, or Keaton. Or Terry and Terry and Terry and Terry <laughs> The Lord calls out to us by name I see you says the Lord I'm here with you says the Lord I know you even in a graveyard Even after crucifixion, even then, I am still here. Even when you think you're all alone and your Lord has gone missing and God has been killed and even those you trusted have run back home and you think you're all alone, I am here with you. Between Good Friday and Easter Sunday, in the Christian tradition is a day called Holy Saturday. That day when we sit in sadness that our God is in a tomb, that we would kill God. In life, sometimes we think things should always be Easter Sunday, the day when all is joy and celebration and flowers and pastels and big feasts. But most of us, probably all of us, have our own moments, our own experiences of Holy Saturday. When God feels absent and you feel alone And the evidence seems to point more toward the idea that we could kill God rather than that God could save the world. And I want to encourage you, if you're in a holy Saturday moment, to know that Easter Sunday comes. And even while you're in Saturday, God is there with you, calling you by name. Even if you don't recognize it and you think he's just a gardener. So the disciples who ran and went into the tomb went back home. They believed, at least one of them, we're told, believed, but they went back home. They were still scared of the authorities that would dare to kill their Lord. And Mary lingers and eventually she goes back to the disciples. And do you know what she says? I have seen the Lord. That's her witness. I have seen the Lord. According to John, it's the first Easter sermon. I have seen the Lord. Sometimes we're tempted to think that we need to be experts on the Bible or on theology to be a witness to the gospel. I fall prey to that a lot. I spend more years than makes any sense to most people in school trying to study that. I get it. But that's not the story of John 20. What John reminds us of is that believing is actually not enough. Right? The disciple whom Jesus loved believed and went home. Believing is not enough if we don't wait around long enough to actually see the Lord. If we're not willing to stay by the tomb before the sun comes up and wait on the Lord, knowing enough Bible verses, knowing enough facts is not enough. What John teaches us in telling us this story is that the best witness to the gospel that we can give is by telling others that we've seen the Lord. Tell others how you've seen the Lord. How you've seen the Lord in your own ways, with your own eyes, and in your own lives. What are the ways that God has showed up and said your name? On a holy Saturday, after death, in the midst of sickness or jobs or relationships that suck your life from you. The best witness we can give, the best sermon on the resurrection that can exist is to tell people how you've seen the Lord. Where have you heard God say your name? When have you looked back and realized that God was by your side even when you didn't recognize it? When did you think that everything was lost only to find new life in Christ? Tell that story before you start doing any of the theological gymnastics that might be necessary in our rationalistic society. Tell the story of when you've seen the Lord because you're the only one who can bear witness to that story of God's active work in the world today. No one else can tell the story of when you've seen God. You are the expert on how God has shown up in your life. So tell it. Just like Mary Magdalene told it on that Easter Sunday 2,000 years ago. And if it still feels like Saturday, and you're not sure God really did conquer death, is actually by your side, is actually saying your name, I encourage you to sit with Mary and keep listening because God is calling. For centuries, Christians have taken the anniversary of Christ's resurrection and the rebirth of spring as the time to proclaim the victory of life over death and God's love over over humanity's sin. And we proclaim that same message today. Christ is risen. Christ is risen. risen Christ is risen. risen Christians around the world are saying that today. And I want to invite us, along with that, to join with Mary. If in your life, You have seen God. You have heard the Lord say your name. You have seen a very dark Saturday turn into an Easter Sunday morning. I encourage you to say with Mary, I have seen the Lord. Have you seen the Lord? Have you seen the Lord? Have you seen the Lord? Lord? If you have, tell it. And if you haven't, sit with Mary, because God is calling. Christ is risen.